Log Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Moscova Media Podcast. I appreciate you guys for um, downloading and streaming all the past episodes. Um, <clears throat> did a really good job with sharing them. Uh, appreciate you. And uh, just let's keep it going. Um, as you know, uh, in the title today, uh, we're going to have a pretty cool guest on. Um, he is an actor, also a musician, does music, um, as well as a few other things. Um, his name is Shawnee Sean. Um, definitely go check out his site, ShawneeSeanMusic.com. Um, definitely utilizing hip-hop to bring it to the present, utilizing uh, the past. As you may know, uh, Big L is a rapper from, uh, you know, I guess the early to mid-90s, uh, probably even before that, um, that was setting setting forth uh, a path in the rap game of excellence and just excellent uh, rap skills and uh, or, or whatnot. Um, so Big L, uh, unfortunately, uh, passed away, um, but actually created an, uh, a, a legacy or whatnot because um, his music was uh, that, um, you know, I mean, his skill, lyrical skills were, were top-notch. He's one of the, the top and most popular um, artists um, as far as the underground and, and, and up-and-coming and, um, and even being compared to the likes of a, a, a Tupac or a Biggie um, in a in different uh, smaller sense or whatever. Um, Big L, um, you know, as I was saying, uh, was being compared to the top lyricist in the game, and was creating a lot of um, explicit and and uh, or whatnot music um, with his uh, you know uh, you know deadly combination of uh, great wordplay, storytelling, and um, pure uh, lyricist uh, skills. Um, which couldn't actually were um, unmatched in a sense, um, you know, as far as uh, hip hop goes. Um, so hip hop, um, I'm actually getting a call in right now. Fuckers, 
I feel my grin on the whole everything that's trapped for stuff. I won't give up. What's up, haters? Keep hating on me, cause I don't give a fuck. I won't give up. Any obstacles that pass challenges I see is tough. I won't give up. Everything I do is too much. I wanna give up. But I won't give up Been through hard work and my mind can't take it Looked around and asked myself where I make it When I feel down, that's when I feel hopeless Trying to maintain in my game, staying focused I have people by my side watch me try A wise man told me, keep going till I die When I'm feeling inside, people really think they know me Been through stabs in the back, five fake homies the drama back and forth, promise with my girl, even my mama see, I'm against the whole world, trying to have my goals to become a deferral, all these holdbacks, it's becoming a deferral, my older brother wants me to be like him, we're totally different, that's the difference, me and him, I still look up to him, and I got my brothers, they show who with money, I'ma have them covered, I'ma stand tall on promise no matter what, and I'ma wreck Harlem to the day I give up. I'ma, I'ma go hard, believe, I stepped it up. I'ma, I'ma go hard, believe, I stepped it up. I feel my dream on the whole, everything that's trapped for stuff, I won't give up. What's up, haters? Keep hating on me, cause I don't give a fuck, I won't give up. Any obstacles that has challenges I see I won't give up Everything I do is too much I wanna give up But I won't give up I'm not a child, my past is behind A new beginning, a new chapter in line Pursuing what I'm doing Just Sean ready to do his thing A lot has changed Demolished niggas grow simple and plain My life I'm controlling Mind cultivating problems I'm dealing with Write out my frustrations I got fucked over, didn't wanna rap much longer The years made me bolder as a person made me stronger Worry about myself, I'm in the hope gap Everything packed on me, can't take it, I'm about to snap Not giving up like that, people that care got my back Calling my represent, cats using that, best have tax Can't trust people, niggas, or trifling bitches And make evil bigger when they come for your riches One person says, hip-hop is really dead in my conscience, it's a chance in my head Myself, I won't fail, you can lock me in the cell I'm from the city, niggas is skinny and frail On my paper trail, I do this for Tupac, Biggie Big one and the man, Big L I got a ball hard, you can be a big star Even legends get stars, but don't give up Yeah, I got a ball hard, you can be a big star Even legends get stars, but don't give up I feel my dream on the whole, everything that's trapped for stuff, I won't give up. What's up, haters? Keep hating on me, cause I don't give a fuck, I won't give up. Any obstacles that pass challenges I see is tough, I won't give up. Everything I do is too much, I wanna give up, but I won't give up.
Thank you. Thank you for uh, listening to that. That was uh, I Won't Give Up, produced by Shawnee Sean. Matter of fact, we actually have uh, Shawnee Sean on the line. Um, if you could uh, quickly introduce yourself for the people that may not know you, um, because, you know, you, you're doing some great work with the uh, upcoming Big L movie and, and, and of course, your uh, mixtape that you recently put out. Um, but uh, if you could uh, let the people know uh, real quick uh, about you, if they don't, what they might not know. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, what's happening, y'all? I go by the name of Sean and Sean. I'm from uh, Harlem, New York. I'm born and raised. And um, I'm a um, musician, hip-hop artist, songwriter, uh, producer, and actor. Definitely, definitely. Um, you're definitely on a mission to become certified diamond in the music world that's filled with uh, Cubic Scaponio and um, a lot of people looking to, you know, just catch that fame and, and not really put in the work um, <clears throat> to solidify uh, a path that could create success for them uh, for the long term, um, which is really uh, what I liked about uh, when I looked at your work and everything. And um, especially uh, with that big L movie um, that you're uh, working on. Um, so you're not just, right. you know, making music, but you're taking your music and translating that to the acting world, um, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. Um, right. What was it? Yeah. What was it like uh, growing up in uh, Harlem? And how do you feel, um, you know, for the, the youth out there? That how, how do you feel? Um, was the easiest or the right thing to do to make it not necessarily out of Harlem, but to utilize it in a positive way. Um, you know, what was that like uh, growing up and everything there? Well, um, I was, um, I was born in um, Harlem hospital on uh, 135th and um, Malcolm X Boulevard, which they call it, they call it um, for short Lennox Avenue. And um, me growing up in Harlem is, as a kid, like, um, you know, just like just a, a kid in the neighborhood, um, like just watching what's going on, like in my surroundings. Um, I was, uh, I grew up on in, around the neighborhood on 121st and uh, Adam Clan Powell, which they call 7th Avenue. I got to make it, make it real clear. You know, people may not know 7th Avenue is Adam Clan Powell. Um, um, it's like I just seen as a kid I seen everything like like down to like um like the, the drugs with the um as far as like the crack epidemic um the gangs when um basically like the gloves and crips was kind of like like on a rise during during that time like growing up in the, like the early nineties and stuff like that so for me as a kid I just looked at it as a norm I'm like okay like I know I know what not to do, and I know exactly what to do, based on just having my um, my family around me, especially my older brother, um, and my other three brothers and my sisters and my two uncles and my aunts and stuff like that. So I I was actually raised by my um, grandmother and my mother, and uh, during the time my mother was in college. And, uh, and my grandmother just basically was like watching me, especially me, and um, just like just keeping me out of trouble, just like just having fun, like 
My grandmother's house was more like the playhouse. Um, I damn, I damn, they got anything I wanted. Like, <laughs> you know, if I wanted to, uh, if I wanted like a, a pool table or something like that, just to keep me preoccupied, she got it for me. As long as I had to share my stuff with my brothers, I'm more. It was, it was a, a fun experience growing up. You know what I mean? Like from a positive standpoint of view, but not instead of like just viewing it from a negative perspective, what was going on. Um, growing up on one twenty first. Definitely, definitely. Um, so I take it you said your um that was your grandma or your mom? Yeah, my grandmother and my mother. And right. my grandmother and my mother, they they both raised me. Right. So they um would buy you different things and you think did that have a lot to uh keep you away from gangs and um just sticking with your brother or did um how did you uh stay away from gangs and um I like I had mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I had I had um I'm the third oldest out of my own five brothers and I have my older brother and then my basically it's my older brother then my sister and me and then my other three brothers. So basically, um as far as like my mother and my grandmother keeping me keeping like far as me and my other siblings away from the activity, it was just, they just kept us in the house. And I you know it was like 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 just like playing uh, Genesis and Super Nintendos and pool tables and uh uh toy chesses and stuff like that. The only the only um the dilemma behind that, like uh my uncle, my second my second uncle, he was affiliated with the Crips and stuff like that, and um, and then my other uncle, he's a, a nine to five working person, so it's it like a dynamic behind those two because those like the head figures in the house, and um, my my older brother idolized my uncle with the nine to five job, and then the toughness from my uncle, my other uncle, him being involved with the Crips and stuff like that, so. It was like it was basically. It, I was having fun, but also at the same time too, I seen like the rawness, what was going on, in front of one twenty first. Yeah, because it was like right in the face, and um, like I guess like different crackheads and stuff might even <laughs> be around, as well as the police force trying to uh, lock all that down and. Um, you know, do their little investigations or whatnot. Um, right. You know, that reminds me of uh, my aunt and uh, uncle who would, uh, throughout, you know, the 90s and stuff, would always make sure, because they lived in Newark, New Jersey, which I'm sure you heard about, um, which, you know, could have its really crime-infested areas and drugs and whatnot. But my uncle right. and, and our aunt did something similar by making sure my cousin always had Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, N64, you know, everything. <laughs> Make sure that they were, you know, preoccupied with something a bit more positive, even though they, made, you know, even though they had the yard in the backyard with the fence and everything, you know, do little, you know, exercise and play around. But um, the game, video games, had a lot to do with uh, um, keeping um, them out of trouble and then also with the music. Um, How did you get involved with uh, music 
because um, I'm sure that might have been a tool to keep you away from trouble as well, too. Right. Um, as, a, as a kid growing up, um, I had a, a, a speech deficit, meaning I had a speech impediment. So um, I had had constantly as a kid um, had to go to therapy. And, um, like, I used to be, like, uh, frustrated with the fact that nobody really then, um, as a kid, understood what I wanted. But for some reason, my grandmother understood me completely and knew what I wanted. So, it basically, me and her had, like, this tight connection for music. Um, I remember... Um, the first music video that caught my attention into hip hop was um Mama Say Knock You Out from LL Cool J that came out in ninety ninety two, ninety three, around that around that time when I was like three, four years old. And something spoke to me when I seen that music video and then other music videos start coming to play like uh Tribe Called Quest and then, you know, uh, Snoop, Pac, uh, like, Big Daddy Kane, like, just all these musicians that came out of, came out of nowhere from a video, um, music box from Ralph McDaniel. That's basically, like, the first introduction of hip-hop, and then you have, and then my mother had, uh, playing a lot of R&B music from Bobby Brown, New Edition, um, who else? Uh, Chucky. I think the army artist named Chucky. Um, Michael. So it was basically these different elements of music that was coming coming along like around my way. So my grandmother basically used to sit me down, put the music 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 videos on, and because that was the only thing that kept me calm. And like without that, um, I basically would have like a dis detachment, like a like a like something that I know that is gonna keep me like stuck. But without that, it's either video games, it's without the video games it's music. And without music it's either being behind my grandmother. Um funny story is um like my grandmother boyfriend picked me up and I ain't know him. I just like looked at him, slapped him <laughs> like I was, I was a handful when I was a kid. Like I was, I had like a temper, temper tantrum. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that right there was like kind of like the first introduction behind, kind of caught my attention while I fell in love with it. Um, at the age of eight, I touched my grandma who bought me my first saxophone at the age of eight because I was musically inclined a little bit. But after a while, I was like, all right, cool. I like it. But I never had no interest in doing hip-hop during that time when I was a kid. Right, right. Um, you didn't, Oh, you didn't have an interest in doing hip-hop or just not music nah, in general? They're just not music in general. Oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. Um, so now you have this mixtape. Mix um, and what's the title again? New Age. New that's Age. My, that's, um, my, that's my that's my first mixtape um that that I did and um 
basically it's available for download on gotpets.com. Um, I'm actually I actually have another mixtape that basically is completed that I'm planning on releasing on twenty twenty one. It's called Gimme a Reason. Okay, definitely, definitely. Actually uh played a track earlier. Um <clears throat> I won't give up, uh produced by Shawnee Sean. Um how did you right. uh learn how to produce? Uh was that on your own or did you go to uh a school or for it? Um, basically, I, I interned for um, a producer by the name of Bangout. He basically a mentor of mine that um, that he a Grammy Award winning producer. Uh, he produced a lot of hit records for. Um, he sent the whole G Unit camp, Christina Aguilera, Akon, French Montana, Luda. List goes on. And you know, when I was eighteen, I interned for him, but I never told him that. I was doing music because I wanted wanted to learn the business of the music business. I never told him that I wanted to rap, but I interned for him for about like nine months, and I guess that I seen the shadiness that was happening within his company that people were doing that he was unaware, like basically unaware. So I basically let him know, like, yo, this is not for me. A year later, he found out that um, I rap. And then he basically found out about that mixtape that he just heard. And um, he basically was telling me that he could basically teach me how to produce music and also be a songwriter. I said, all right, cool. So I started being around him, listening listening to uh, certain instrumentations and stuff like that. So basically that's how I was able to songwrite really, really well just based on his ear and me just finding out chords and stuff like that. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so um, I actually wanted to uh, go into another track. Um, this one is uh, called uh, Who They Dealing With, produced by uh, you and as well as uh, another um, um, producer named uh, Boom. Right. Great. Uh, what was the premise behind that song, and how'd you come about that? Well, I was on uh, funny. That's a funny story. I was on one uh, fortieth. Yeah, I was actually on one fortieth. At the time, he had a relative living there. He was producing. He also rapped as well, but his name Kraft was producing. And um, I went back, went back uptown with him. And he said that he got a bunch of beats. So when I heard the drums, I automatically looked at the title. The name I looked at the name of the title, and I seen uh, who, who he's dealing with. So basically, I went off based on the title, but he only had the drums and the horns. So basically, the other instrumentations, I was like, yo, add this or add that. And he started doing it. And he just... He just like, looked at me, and I'm like, nah, trust me, just add this and add that. So as I was adding it, that was the, basically, we completed the whole track because he just had horns and a drum. And, like, you know, so um, the other instrumentations, I just put my input into it. And I was like, you know what, give me this record. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have something by, by the fall, following week. So... Recorded the record, sent it back to him. He was surprised, like, whoa, like, 
crazy. <laughs> I gave it like. Like, I gave it that Harlem feel to it because we both was from Harlem, and, and we wanted to basically emulate um, DJ Premier. We had a DJ Premier element into it, false the drums, like the boom back. Awesome. That's awesome. And um, before we play it, um, I Won't Give Up, um, produced by you uh, as well. Uh, right. <clears throat> Did that have um, any uh, significant meaning, or was that just another song that you just wanted to put, put uh, in the mixtape? No, I went. I actually went through a lot. Of, I actually went through a personal situation in my in my journey when I wrote that song because uh, during the time I um, I dropped out of college, um, I had a, like a terrible uh, a terrible uh, breakup with my um, my ex girlfriend. <laughs> I was I was broke, <laughs> you know. So like that, like that situation right there. That's another reason why I won't I wrote the song. I won't give up because it's like basically like an underdog song that that touched me. That's a lot. That I actually is my um that's one of my favorite records that I ever wrote because I went through something. Like right. I like for some reason I I pull out more emotions when I go through go through a, like a, a life situation or somebody else going through a situation where I could be able to write a story into it. Right, right. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely, because then other people can relate um, and then hopefully uh, be attracted to more of your music um, as well. Um, but uh, let me uh, play this uh, hot track, Who They Dealing With, produced by Sean Sean and Boom. Um Real quick. And tell them who they're dealing with. On the only rapper pranks make other rapper tense Some handle shrimp Very be prepared, be aware I'm like the crunchy French The mic a kick, we faded like counterfeits I swore with storms, we sat with daggers Far from a bragger, it's natural I got a hollow swagger Squash you down with no hesitation Oh, the microphone suffering from suffocation Here with the beats so unique Like a masterpiece, drop the heat Like the temperature really the- Going like the dirt so bad I'll be flipping a couple of flows And better be known Spitting a venom up in your system Until they hit them I'm a Harlem child With the pen I'm a Paul child Got a style Can't copy bitch Tell them who they're dealing with Who you think you fucking with You fucking with the kids They strong Harlem zone Who you who you think you fucking with You fucking with the kids They strong Check, check this out Rappers are tangled and mangled, rappers be making one single coming in deadly and fatal, bitch niggas ready to strangle, they let you know I got a sneaky grin, hip hop like a big ass nut, I'ma kick it right in the shit, I'ma weapon that beat, weapon your back, got a temper, don't relax, about to get the cranium, fucking crack, I might be little, I can kill you and split you, treat you like skittles, cut the testicles right down in the middle, you want heat, fuck the conversation, you abomination, squeeze you hard like you constipated, I'm addicted to flashing, and getting paper, kicks I like Getting love from the haters, tracks are wet and polished With that whack ass burst, this should be in the garbage You a monkey, belong in the forest, who the hardest? I say, 
fresh up and down looking flawless. That's why I'm giving a sweet recipe. Accessibly, aggressively, contestable me. In the bit of casualty, be a damn tragedy. Get back, take that cock sucker. Oh, oh, my! Wow, I was muted. My apologies for that. Um, but, uh, I was actually saying um, that that song was a great segue into um, the uh, Big L uh, biopic that you're going to be in because that right. song sounded like um, uh, he was on the track. Uh, matter of fact, like he resonated wow. him. Um, in a sense, <laughs> which, which I thought was a great segue into you actually being into the movie. With, and when I look at some of your photos, I thought that you even resembled him a little bit, which I guess right. producers and the movie makers obviously thought as well. And they decided that, you know, you were a perfect fit for the role. Um, so um, definitely everybody go to shawneeshawnmusic.com. And uh, you can you can see his Instagram and different social media, um, and uh, get a chance to look at him yourself. And you know when that movie comes out, we're not sure if it's going to be in theaters due to COVID or you know whatever they're doing. Because even um, the uh, Wonder Woman movie was streamed on HBO Max. But uh, how did you get about being putting like putting that together with the sound, the music, and even being in the movie, was the movie the influence that it found, or you know that? Oh, no, um, big, big L, Big L always been my um, Big L actually became my um influence uh because of um, shout out to uh Charles Gregg um he he like cut a person my OG um this happened time where um big up to Charles like, my boy big, yeah big um, yeah. Yeah, at the time when I was like, when I still really started writing music and stuff like that when I was um, 16, um, that's when I kind of like went back into my roots and started studying like the greats like um, Kane and Rockin and, and Nas and stuff like that. And like I, I, like I saw, saw in love with Kane based on his um, his demeanor and swag and stuff like that. And um, I basically, I knew basically... If it wasn't for Big A Kane, it wouldn't be uh, Jay-Z or Big L. So when I was hanging out with Charles, and I basically 
wanted to borrow his CD from Big Daddy King, Long Live the King. He looked, and I looked at, I picked up another CD, which was the big picture of Big L. And I'm like, who's this dude? And Charles looked at me, he like, you don't know who this person is? I'm like, nah, like, who's this? And he said, the first CD that you picked up, that's the same dude that influenced him. I'm like, what? I'm like, really? He said, I'm going to let you borrow that for two weeks. He said, come, he said, give it back to me in good condition. So when um, I popped in the first Big L, uh, when I popped in um, the big picture, first track I heard was the intro. And um, when he said, you know, the game plan, C-Town, that's my main man. We never bring luggage. We go shopping when the plane lands, run with the same run with the same clan used to be a cane fan. Everything I rock is name brand. When I heard those um the bars, I was like, Whoa, like who like who's this dude? I kinda like forgot about all the other people. I just strictly studied him too, like because he was from Harlem, born and raised and, and plus two. That's where I'm from, so I studied him all the way when I was like 19 and I stopped listening to him. And then for some reason, it's just that his whole style embodied my writing ability. It changed my whole writing ability as far as like my delivery, the wittiness, like the way I kind of like bend the words and stuff like that. So from, from there, um, it ran with me, like, for the whole Big L influence, my voice. It just ran with me when I was 16. And I kind of, like, after a while, I was like, okay. But when I got older, I was like, I need my own identity. But for some reason, every time I, like, I lay a song down and stuff like that, it, it brings people's attention. Like, oh, my God, like, just do something like Big L, like, resurrected. And I was like, okay. Like, but it's it's a huge compliment. It's a huge, huge compliment. Boston, the film, um, it was a mutual friend of mine that brought me in through another uh, mutual friend. And um, I met um, this guy from uh, from ATL. Basically, he's working with uh, Little Lee, which is Big Lee's son, which which is uh, the, uh, is the nephew of Big Don, which is Big L's oldest brother. And Lil' Lee was working on a, on, on a biotech movie along with this producer that from ATL, but he died. So God rest his soul to Lil' Lee. So it just left the, the guy from ATL, the story, which was connected with Big Don, which is Big L's older brother. So basically... They um they was having a hard time finding uh, a big L. They had two people in mind. I just came in the last picture. Like I was like just it was like out of the woodwork. Came in the last picture. Um, they wanted the the producer wanted me to do a video audition. He's telling me there's gonna be a lot of competition. I sent him, I sent him the, the video audition in a matter of two days because the day that I met him was the very next. The day that I met him, that, that following night, I started studying um, his lyrics, like the Yes You Made remix. I studied the lyrics all night. Even when I even, like, was at work, I started rapping the lyrics. 
verbatim to the point where I contacted contacted my videographer. I said, "Yo, we're gonna do this today." I recorded it, sent it to him. He was stuck. The producer was because he said he never expected nobody to send a video to him that fast. And um, he was impressed with it, and then uh, they had a, a personal audition, which um, I wanted to meet in McGruff and Kizzer of the Corn and his son and stuff like that, and they wanted me to rap the 98 Freestyle, which I already knew about it, but along during that process, I'm studying that as well. And I rapped it, and I got the road through the uh, cosign. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. Um, yeah. What would be your uh, like one, a couple of your favorite Big L uh, tracks? The intro that you mentioned, or the big picture? Now, I would I would say the the intro it was the big picture. It was like one of, that's one of my favorite tracks um, from him. Ebonics, the enemy, of course, uh, put it on. And um, and there's another record that um. Casualty, casualty from the dice game. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, what about that track with Tupac? Oh, that's hard. That's hard. Um, from my um, deadly combination. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, those are all definitely uh great tracks. Um, if you don't mind, uh, I think we should um probably play one. Let's see how that goes. Um, the big L is definitely the truth. Fuck who did I just say, rappers? Oops. Fuck who did I just say, rappers? <laughs> hey, you hear me? Back, I'm back. Yeah. Did you hear it? Yeah. Yeah. He actually, um, Big L actually quoted L. Cool J. Line in, in this track, and a lot of people don't know that. Right, right. Um, yeah. Shit is, shit is real. 
um, he basically put on people that was like, that was like, didn't know that they were going to be these mega uh, hip-hop artists that we know today. Um, they got basically was from um, 139th, he was the first major artist, first artist that caught a major deal right under Nas, under Columbia, you know, so um, definitely a uh, elite lyricist, like right next to Nas and Big and, and um and Jay. Um, he unfortunately um he died in nineteen ninety nine on February fifteenth due to um like a a fortunate situation dealing with his um, um his little brother that 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 um got him involved into his brother's situation and while is dealing with street. It basically dealing with the street. Like it's a street situation that the girl should have never been involved in or have his brother have him involved because at that time he got signed to Rockefeller. Right. That was a big deal. Yeah, he got signed he got signed to us to Rockefeller. Um, I found that out. I didn't know how true it was until I asked McGruff personally and McGruff said, Yeah, it was it was supposed to be him, Big L and another artist named on uh C Town. They basically was gonna be under uh, uh, Big L's label, Flamboyant, and Big L was gonna be like the main artist of Rockefeller. Signed to Rockefeller with a joint venture. Wow, that would have been big because Big L would have, you know, he could have been on that track, Renegade, with Eminem and Hov, like Barker Bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that and a lot of people always wonder. How how would it be if if L was on Rock Rockefeller? Everybody question that question that 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 um imagine it uh, not, just imagine it like like how it would be like both Hove and, and L on a record together. And right. I think and L L had the capability of making commercial records because based on how he wrote Ebonics, Ebonics was so sweet. But also it was also commercial at the same time too for for underground buzz. Right, right. Um, you know, and as big as Rockefeller got, um, or was at his time, and I was like Rock Nation, um, it would have just been a whole nother dynamic, uh, you know, angle that they would have had to create music, um, which would have been um, something great. Because, um, you know, eventually he probably would have been uh, produced by, like, a Kanye West or whatnot. Um, right. right. And who knows? Because I actually got a chance to work with a, um, a producer from Rockefeller, Bula. Um, so um, he would tell me a little bit about working at Rockefeller in-house as, as well as his uh, manager, Starway, uh, Tariq. Right. Um, so, um that's pretty interesting. Um, would you be a person that would want to sign to a label like Rock Nation or remain independent? Um, a lot. Of, that's a great question. I actually would um only deal with the management, but only 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 one reason because resources. 
they have a lot of resources as far as like in LA, New York, and Atlanta. Um, I feel like with their management, definitely would um, broad broad out my own brand name, my website, my merchandise, um, and also acting career. Um, as far as me being signed towards a major label, I want to be able to create that leverage enough to do a joint venture with a label um, or just uh, do a single deal and stay independent. And so I, I create a, a, a leverage off of the single and deal and then have a label come to me like, oh, you want to partner up? I'd rather keep that um, just to avoid the 360 deal. Mm-hmm. Because I know the three the three sixty bill it don't it don't make sense like as far as our artists giving all your percentage away just for a label to capitalize off of your your success even though they're pulling up the money from a business standpoint of view can a label provide this over here in order for them to take this percentage if they can't provide certain um, avenues or opportunities for artists. Then it don't make sense for for an artist just being a, a employee for a major label and giving away all a percentage. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, yeah. that's 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 how I look at it. Like so, you just being an employee and, and and plus two, you don't have um you don't have the control that that artist that you actually want to have. Like I don't see myself just being signed to any company. You know that's just me. But unless they they come to me unless I come. I create a leverage enough to me for myself for them to uh, create a right situation for me. I want to create the situation for my uh, based on my own terms, which it would make sense on both parties instead of have somebody just give me an opportunity and just telling me what to do, what to put out, what not, what not to put out. Right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I actually um get into one next track. Um, open your mind. I mean, open your eyes. My apologies. Uh, right. By um, right. Um, so uh, how did you uh get involved with uh that production and and that song and whatnot? Um, I was working out like that. That project alone. That project. Came to me. I don't, for some reason, the production production came to me um, when I was like going through my own struggle. And El Mon, he's a crazy, incredible producer. He produced a lot of hit records. Um, basically, I was working with him in an after school program called um, Harlem Children's Zone. I was an assistant teacher teacher for him, mm-hmm. and I like I heard I, I was aware about uh, um the work that he put in for other, other artists, and I told him, like, I got a song that I want to talk about my, my uh, three sisters, and, and basically I want to dedicate the song to them and stuff like that. So he played that record, and I heard it. I was mumbling. Then once he, and he looked at me, like, he said, I feel like this would be the perfect track. It's slow. It's a talk. It's like a conversation. So as he started giving his input, as a producer, I basically felt his energy. I said, you know what, I'm going to take it. <laughs> you know, because some producers just play your record and don't give you no type of uh, idea. 
Right, right. Um, or you're just trying to sell a beat. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's actually get into this track. Open Your Eyes, produced by Ill Mind, with uh, Big Dog Pitbull, uh, Shawnee Sean, on a track, uh, making sure that we uh, have that eclectic, mesmerizing, um, and daring adjectives. <laughs> Um, that we use as a songwriter to create all this amazing uh, music that translates into other projects as well. Um, so if you're listening, listening, uh, anybody from Rock Nation, um, can uh, definitely utilize a, a ill uh, management deal to continue putting that great work. Um, as you'll see when that uh, biopic big uh L comes out. Uh, let's uh get into uh, open your eyes. Right now. You talking about a million dollars cash. Right. And just four months. And then we off the street for the rest of our lives. Oh, that's Harlem Tell. That's not that's the wrong song. Nah, that's not that's not open your eyes. That's uh Harlem Tell. Okay, my apologies for that. Um the block talk that was uh, a good day. Um uh studio in the back end, um, I guess, when the, the songs were downloading and mixed them up, but um, so... You can play that, though. You can play that, though. <laughs> right, perfect, perfect. Let's play that, huh? So, thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. You can play that. No, it's all you good. talking about a million dollars cash. Right. In just four months. And then we off the street for the rest of our lives with a million in cash, man, the big one. Rewind back to the seven. Up in Harlem, people style prim, kept their hair style trim. Hearing old days, Marvin Gaye's record plays, stays the heroin, took its own ways. One person was a gangster black mobsman. People who fear, intense by Bobby Johnson. Let your Nicky Vaughn to Frank Lucas, Mr. Untouchable, Superfly, Frank Lucas. Madam Jose had an idea, abandoned numbers, addicts to burn buildings. Harlem was really under. Parties at home, through plays and honey. Well, wait to find a bar without a bet of money. Pimp kick kids off, tell them how much it costs. Keep the change, doesn't matter how much he toss. Being flashy, having money where it begins. New stage emerge where the seven ends. This is a chance, and I want to take it now. Up in Harlem, baby. Or I have to kill somebody. It's a Harlem. Before pimp. somebody I can leave. What you feeling, pimpin'? Are you with me? It's a hog. The best shit in town. Rocks and lumps as big as marbles. No cut. And with the family we got set up now, we can deal. 30 keys in four months. Alpo inspired me to be fly. Which quarter inspired me to hustle any job outside. AZ was the brain. Made me not to trust or give. No money to no lane. 80 was the uprising cocaine crap. Rappers now idolize, throw straight and rap. Game big, it plays hard. Cats think they got heart. Out to get a rep, squeeze guns that spark. You gotta be fly and have cash in your wallet. Impress the girls, they gotta dig. Stop, clutch real niggas, steady gone. It's out of their phone, you on our road like Jay Sean. Cause I lay strong. Down now, not original. Home swagger jack, they something like a criminal. Only a minimum. You get your money. Yeah, when? This ain't the first time for you, Trick. I've had to wait for as long as a month on you for my money. Are you trying to take advantage of me, Freddy? This time your black ass is going to work. 
priest, all I do is sell coke, man. I don't do no violence, I don't mess with no fine. No don't argue with me, man. I'm trying to give you a chance. No, you don't give me my money to that. I'm gonna put that young girl of yours out on horse roll. Listen, bitch, that's my wife you talking so about. <laughs>
Um, um, that's my first. Actually, is my second uh, second uh, single that has been distributed. The project. Awesome, awesome. What was it called again? Bobby Brown. Oh, dope, dope. Um, so we'll definitely look out on Apple Music for that and um, get to downloading um, and, and checking out all those different tracks. Um, let's uh, play another track. Hopefully it's the right one. <laughs> Should be Living in Pain, uh, produced by Quit, Quit, Otis. Okay. Uh, it's, it's with a Chaotic. Oh, chaotic. Okay. Chaotic. It's chaotic, but I call him Chaotic. Yeah, that, that looks that makes more sense um than what I said. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely, I'm sure he's a hot producer. Um, if he's getting on the if he's getting on the track, he's from, track, Queens. He's from oh, Queens. Yeah, okay. Queens. He's from, he's from Queens. Yeah, he's from Queens. Shout out to Chaotic. Right, that Nas and um LL Cool J, I believe, is from Queens as well. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, you, you said it right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello from Hollister and um and um now nah, it's from Queensbridge. Word, word up, word up. And then uh as well as um what's what's uh G Rap G Rap City uh, uh Simmons. The Simmons. Blair Russell Simmons, yeah, and Run M C. Right, perfect. So all the all all that Harlem, I mean um Queens flavor is mixing with the Harlem flavor, um, in a in a in a present as well as in a past, you know, it's something that is um we hope hopefully can continue in hip hop in a meaningful and great way because a lot of great um artists and people and human beings came out uh you know out of just those two boroughs without even you know mentioning uh Brooklyn or you know some other spots. Um, it's that it's that now. Right, in Staten Island, you know, um, which uh, a, a kid just came out of Staten Island, um, Wooty, uh, with a song, Wooty, um, I think his name is CJ. But uh, let's get right. uh, get into this track, uh, Living in Pain, uh, produced by Quixotic, and uh, hopefully it is the right one. Yo, yeah. this goes out to yeah. anybody out there that lost someone. That was close to you. I knew this girl. She was living through pain. There was a girl. She had a bright heart. When it was school, she wasn't really smart. God spoke to her, moved on to the next. But they really expect they just wanted sex. During the time she's in the semi grade, got too fast. Her early age, usually the girl who have a prostitute In the same terms, she was getting used Mama stressing her, saying, what you doing with these guys? I'm gonna write everything just fine Started arguing school days that she missed Cursed some of her out, this isn't none of your business Mom on her own, decided to skip school Met up with this dude, she knew what she wanted to do She only 16, mind so confused About a route that she choose, what a beauty Her life went in the bad lane Everything she saw went in the trade When her child was born, it changed But died living in pain When her life went in the bad lane Everything she saw went in the trade When her child was born, it changed But died living in pain 
living in. Turn around in school, people that I knew tried to give a hug or a distant hug. People asking questions. What's going on? But they knew that something was going wrong. She found out that she was pregnant. A lot of guys she been with didn't expect it. She decided to run away. Don't want her family finding out she was afraid. Parents all know from her they was tripping. Up to seven months she been missing. Just watching. She seen the big picture. An unknown father. Her belly's getting bigger. Streets was a zoo. She wasn't comfortable. She passed out. Rushed to the hospital. She pushed hard enough, so it hurts. Gave life to a seed, but died giving birth. Her life went in the bad lane. Everything she saw went in the trade. When her child was born, it changed. But died living in pain. When her life went in the bad lane. Everything she saw went in the trade. When her child was born, it changed. But died living in pain. Living in pain. Uh, interesting track. How'd you uh, come about uh, with that? I guess that was another um, uh, uh, something that you went through, or you want to use? No, I actually, I actually, um, I actually met a girl. And this is like during the time when I was like was rapping in the beginning, and um, I didn't want to mention the girl name. Like I actually, she's uh, Hispanic, and um, basically, um. That situation right there was like all that whole situation was real because I actually watched everything from from 13, 14 years old, and she was she was 14, she basically was in my age bracket, but she was dealing with people that was like older than her, and she was like moving so fast, and um, just that situation alone, like like everybody tried to get with her, you know what I mean, like yeah, like like. Everybody, you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's just like a norm, like because she's just like she's good looking, had nice behind and stuff like that, Puerto Rican and stuff like that. But that situation right there, I kind of like seen everything, and I put at that time I couldn't really formulate on telling telling a story. But by me watching it, watching her situation, what she went through, I actually wanted to behind that because I again I I don't know. Um, anybody that listened to that track probably went through that situation, guy or female, or female that she know or friend that went through that situation. So I actually wanted to write something that was relatable. And um, when I met uh, uh, the producer, Chaotic, which I'm still in contact with, I told him about the, uh, the story as I'm telling you about it, and he looked at me, and he's like, oh, if I may have a track for that, and he played that record, and it just automatically spoke to me. I'm like, whoa, like this I'm like, this is it. It was very soft elements. It has like a gloomy feeling to it, but it's like a it's it's like the beat is leading you to somewhere. You know, that's another reason why I did the new age because it basically has different elements where I'm telling a story. It's like almost like a pre sequel of my album. <laughs> right, right. Awesome, awesome. We actually have another uh, song for uh, Chaotic from uh, produced by Chaotic or um, Two Step. Um, let's, right, uh, that's one of my favorite records. Perfect, perfect. Let's uh, get right into it. Man on the right, yeah, it's another Chaotic Bob Productions, baby. And it's on the left, left. We linked up with Jay Sean this time. Man on the right, we're doing like this. We're doing the hot, the hot. Uptown Harlem. 
second, um, whether whether you have a passion, whether it be music, acting, being a doctor, or being a lawyer, or being a going some going to a different type of trade school that you know that you have a passion about, um, don't don't tell nobody what you what you about to do or what you're going to do. Just get it done and then talk about it because. Uh, we in the times where a lot of people, um, I'm not say a lot of people, but some people that that's not striving for anything, that just want to be caught in an illusion of partying, drinking, messing so and so and stuff like that, and watching Instagram and stuff like that. Um, they are dream killers because it's like they they don't have no type of mission. If you have a mission and you surround yourself with um with positive people that has the same type of creativity that's willing to help you and stuff like that, be around them. You know what I mean? Like, and, and no matter what what you going through, like trust me, success is success is not easy. It's it's it, when you pray for success, it will come with envy, jealousy, and hate because you don't we don't pray for those. Like we don't we pray for we don't pray for the other elements that that come along with success. So. Just, just stay, stay positive. Surround yourself with create, uh, what creative people and keep the most high first. Definitely, definitely. Um, keeping the most high first will um allow you to a person to um continue on and um keep striving day by day and uh, stepping forward. Um, <clears throat> so I appreciate those those kind words of um, inspiration. Um, and I appreciate you coming on the show and taking time out from your vacation and everything uh, to speak to us on our podcast. Um, thank you to um, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, iTunes, and the other networks. And um, hopefully, you know, we can get on more networks. And, again, ShawneeShawnMusic.com is where you can find all the great work and um, uh, music and everything else. Um, and thanks, Sean. Appreciate you, man. Nah, no doubt, man. I appreciate you even having me on the interview, man. Oh, it's an honor, my friend. Uh, it's an honor. Uh, thank you. And uh, shout-out to Charles. Thanks again for making a connection. And uh, peace and love, everybody. And uh, we'll, we'll be back with you soon. Thanks. Peace. Michelle, peace.